To Audrey Anderson from Anderson Attorneys and Advisors. Audrey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. We're just lamenting this kind of rainy day, but what a great day to sit down and learn some things on WGN, right? It is, definitely. Okay. That article came out from the Trib and ProPublica that students across the state of Illinois, and please correct me if I'm reading any of this wrong, were being ticketed not by the school but by either the school resource officer or other police officers for infractions that happened with inside the school walls or on the school property. And then they were being adjudicated in a sort of quasi-legal hearing. Then they were being fined, and these fines had to be paid. A lot of students couldn't pay them or their families couldn't pay them. And these were things that couldn't be expunged, at least at least what the reporters were saying, from the record. Am I getting most of what those facts correct? Right. It's absolutely correct. And that happens probably every day and in schools. What's your reaction to that? I know you're a juvenile defense attorney, so I can imagine which side you might be on. But make that case about what you think about that. It just seems unbelievable because the students already have a suspension or expulsion or a detention at school. And then now they have a monetary issue that their families have to pay as well. So... Looking at from a family perspective and the students, it seems outrageous, but it is a huge money maker for the cities and for the police departments as well. Right, because the money goes where? Right, it goes to the city, it goes to the police department, it goes to the town, the school. And when you say they have expulsions and suspensions, what you're suggesting here, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that they already have mechanisms in place to enforce rules of the school. Right, and so this is just purely a punishment. It doesn't do anything to this family. It doesn't help the family. It doesn't correct anything. They're just getting fined. They're they're not offered any services like mental health services or substance abuse or domestic violence. It's just purely monetary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they also might have to do like public service. But most of the time, these tickets, you just pay the fine and that's it. When I read the article, I was surprised. I heard from some parents who said, why are you surprised by this? This has been going on for a while. Have you known? I mean, I'm sure you've heard of these for a while now, right? Right. But I think if you're not involved in the system or this hasn't happened to your family, you wouldn't realize that. You realize that there obviously would be school consequences, which makes sense if something happens on school. But then for the police to then serve you in school personally with this ticket saying that you have to pay a hundred up to $500 and you have a very short time period to pay it at the police department. And then if you don't, Criminal charges could then be filed in addition against you in court. That just seems a little bit over the top. Did parents call you about these in the past? Have you gotten calls? I have, definitely. And the problem is when parents look at it, that's the cheapest alternative for them just to pay it. Right. Because if they go to court, they may have to hire an attorney if some of the village halls even allows an attorney to talk on your child's behalf. And then the fines are usually higher when you actually have to go to the village hall or even higher than that if you actually go to court. Can you talk us through what you understand about this, what I call a quasi-courtroom, where these hearings are? And I'm putting this in air quotes. Maybe it's a legitimate process, but I know that there was a lot of skepticism I heard, at least from people who read this story. Do you know a little bit about how that process works? I do, because I've represented students and kids in those. I have been there. So there's like three different steps. One is the school resource officer or some officer serves your child with a ticket. Then they just, the parents has to pay that ticket straight to the police department. So there's nothing at a village hall or at the courthouse. And how much are these tickets usually? Like ten, fifteen dollars or no? They're okay. like a hundred to fifty. So Whoa. they're pretty steep. Yeah. And then if you don't do that, some other police departments and schools actually give you a ticket and you have to go to village hall. 
You're summons with a ticket. You're given one class. Okay. Correct. And so then you have to go to Village Hall. And that's usually sometime during the day. And so, of course, you're a minor. You have to go with the parents. So you're missing school, which a parent doesn't want their student to miss school. Mm-hmm. A parent's missing work, most likely. Or if they work nights, they're missing sleep. And then you have to go. You sit there for hours of this complicated process where it seems like no one's thrilled to be there. No one really answers your questions. And then you just stand up there before a lawyer who's acting as a judge, and the prosecutor is like the police chief or the police officer. Wait, where do they find these lawyers? Are these are they hired by the city? Right, so they're hired by the city. So it's separate law firms that have a side contract with cities to be the judges at these uh, informal hearings. This is giving me a headache. So wait, the city's best interest, and I'm not. I, 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 this is just my gut reaction. The city wants money in their coffers. Of course, who doesn't? And they're hiring a lawyer who's supposed to be, who's on their payroll, who acts as a judge, who's supposed to be an impartial, in theory, judges are impartial to the cases in front of them, even though the village wants the money and they paid for the person to be there to act as the judge. Correct. And then the trial, which I'm putting in air quotes, Thank you. is that the chief or deputy chief or a lieutenant, whoever's there, he hands this attorney who's acting as judge police reports to read. And the officers don't have to be there, but the kid has to be there. Okay. And then the kid really has no witnesses or evidence because they don't get copies of the police reports. They don't know what is in there, who said what against them. So it's not like in a trial that you would cover where you get all the evidence. That's guaranteed as a right to you as a defendant so that you, a lawyer, can look it over. That doesn't happen in most of these cases at all. Correct. Okay. And then they're mostly there with their parents. They're probably like, just go up there and say, I did it. Let's pay this fine and move on. Can they can they have a lawyer? I mean, they must. You must have that right, I guess, since you have been in some of these. Right. So then, that's the thing. So then we go, and of course, they don't have an extra copy of police reports. So then you have to come back for a different date for a trial, and then hope that the officer who wrote the ticket comes. But even then, you have a trial, and you can't cross-examine the officer. It's just whatever is in his police reports that's golden. So you don't know if it's accurate. It's just really, truly a summary. It's not as if the officer is writing down things verbatim as to what's happening. There's no video of these interviews. So if the officer left out something on accident or on purpose, we can't cross-examine the officer. Right. We have a text from the 312. Maybe the kid won't do it again if there's a monetary fine. Sure. I, I don't think anyone's disputing that there might be a benefit to some of these kids learning their lesson. in a fi- Maybe if the financial way is the way to do it. I guess my overall question is this entire process, right? I mean, I think we all should try and stand up for every defendant out there from a sense of everyone deserves justice to be served in a certain way. And that's what I want to know from you. These quasi-courtrooms... How are they legal? Are there other situations in which a village does this is for like garbage fines or littering fees? Is that handled through a process like this? Or is this very unique to this situation? No, it includes all those other things as okay. well. Yeah. So they do exist and they are recognized as okay mechanisms for which to do this, at least from a legal perspective. Correct. And towns everywhere do it constantly. So, right, so we shouldn't throw the entire process under the bus. But it does seem a little suspect when you're bringing kids in and parents who often want to do it. Okay, well, we've often talked on this show about how many things can be expunged from your record as a juvenile. And I read that these can't be expunged. Why is that? Well, because it's not actually a court file to expunge. Okay. So you can't ever really get rid of that. Okay. Hopefully you can maybe try to get it petitioned through the courts by paying a court fee. 
mm-hmm. to file a petition to expunge, to have a hearing, to see about getting the police reports eventually expunged. But the ticket will always exist because there's no mechanism to expunge that. Okay. It doesn't get a case number like you would in a regular courtroom. So there's just, since there isn't even the mechanism to enter it into the court record, there's no mechanism to get it out. But like, what if you're, is, would it ever show up on like you're applying for college or anything like that? Or is it like parking tickets and you never see those again? I don't know. Right. It just depends on what the allegation is in the police department. Sometimes those get entered into a juvenile or a person's criminal history. So then you would find it. But those records are kept at the police department. So I suppose if anyone ever wanted to do a background check on that person for work purposes or for school, they would find it. Okay, so if you've shown up and you have in some of these cases, you're representing these kids uh, in some way, uh, is the quote-unquote judge slash the lawyer that was hired by the city, are they surprised when a lawyer shows up? Is it pretty rare? It is pretty rare. I've done that a couple times, and I'm pretty much the only one there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they're concerned because then it gives the idea that all the other Kids can come in with lawyers and make the process more complicated for them and the police officers. Should kids get lawyers for this? I mean, maybe there's some fines out there that they did mess up. It's against the rule. The parents do have the money. Just pay it and go. I mean, that may be how a lot of parents want to handle it, right? Right. right. That's very true. Sometimes it's just a parent or a student is just really contesting that something happened. So that's why we're there. How does that work, though? I mean, what do you have to prove? What is the burden? When when I'm in a court of law, I'm not. But if I ever were as a defendant, I know that the jury has to find reason beyond reasonable doubt that I did something. What is it in this quasi-hearing? It's pretty much uh, more likely than not preponderance. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's just that there's some evidence against this kid. And the judge... Well, not judge. The lawyer hired by the city, they just make the ultimate determination. They do right there. Yay or nay, and we move on with our lives. We do. And if you don't pay it, then you get entered into the court system, perhaps. Right. So a lot of these cities have a law firm or a collections agency. So they do. A fine that was initially $200 could balloon up to $2,000 in wage garnishments. So it does get to be quite expensive for the family. All right, tell you what, that's a perfect time to take a momentary break. Oh, by the way, if people want to reach out to you, AndersonAA.com, 877-5800, 630-877-5800. More with Audrey Anderson from Anderson Attorneys and Advisors after the news on WGN. All right, Audrey Anderson, we've been talking about these uh, quasi-courtroom situations where students are ticketed for something at school by a resource officer or the police department, and I've been kind of having this sarcastic tone a little bit There is a benefit to these, though, you say, right, Audrey? Right. Besides, obviously, a generation of funds for the town, which is great, so non-increased taxes, for the student, there is actually a benefit. This sometimes can be an alternative for the officer charging your kid with a crime and then actually going to court before a judge. So getting charged with a felony, for instance. I've had kids that were charged and give them these tickets that they just pay mm-hmm. for a couple hundred dollars. That's it. They're not on probation. They don't have to report to probation. They don't have to do anything. Instead of them actually going to court and being found guilty of a felony aggravated battery, for example. Now, I know I can hear people already saying, well, hold on, felonies and aggravated batteries, those kids should face those punishments. But as we've talked about on previous shows, sometimes it's kids doing dumb things, which isn't great, but it can really mess up their entire future if they go through that court system, whereas this is an alternative that hopefully teaches that lesson, does inflict some sort of financial pain or some sort of restitution they have to do, and it's a good alternative and doesn't mess up their future too much. Do you feel see it that way? I do, definitely. And it's not as if officers are doing this all the time. But that is a benefit. They listen to mitigation that I 
or other attorneys have provided on behalf of the students, or they just look at the student as a whole and see this was perhaps self-defense, defense of others, or maybe the kid was being picked on and bullied, so the kid acted out. So the officer looks at the totality of everything and determines what in the long run is best. And then the officer also talks to the victims or other people, students, other teachers, to see if this is the appropriate outcome. So this mm-hmm. isn't something that the officers just do willy-nilly or just because they feel like it. Right. And I'm not trying to challenge the difficult job that school resource officers have. Some schools have them, some don't. I know that's been a national conversation for the last few years. I'm sure there's a lot of good ones that are trying to make their schools safe and keep all the kids uh, you know, healthy. I, I totally get that. Um what are uh, so when do you advise for one of these students if they are given that fine to have representation or is that just a matter of is it worth the fight and that's an individual decision that every family has to make right it is an individual decision for the family and this is something when parents call me and ask me about this i give them the pros and cons so if you're a student your child actually really did do something mm-hmm. and that's fine. Just go. He can admit it. It's not like you're pleading guilty. You just admit you did it and you pay the fine. That's the fastest, the cheapest for the family. But if you don't think that your child did it and there was a reason why your child acted the way he or she did, then definitely it costs more. It takes more time because you'll have to probably go back to Village Hall a couple times. Mm-hmm. So it takes a couple of days out of your life. But in the long run, you may have your son or daughter be vindicated and right. not have to do anything. Right. And sometimes, and again, it depends on the family situation. That's an important thing. It's a principal thing, to be honest. Exactly, because it's just not right. So say your child got the ticket and got hauled into Village Hall. That's just may not be right. Whereas you think the other student that aggravated the situation or started the situation, nothing happened to them. And this isn't like regular juvenile court. Everyone's sitting in a big, huge room, so you can see everybody else. It's not Mm. sealed or impounded. So each kid that gets up there, they're under 18, they're up there, there's adults in there for, they didn't cut their yard or they had too much trash in the front yard. Adults are in there too, all waiting for the same cases to be heard. So it's not as if it's sealed. So your child gets up there to talk about exposing himself or punching some kid out in school, Mm -hmm. whatever. It's in front of everyone, too. Yeah, I I wanted to ask, and if you don't know the answer to this question, that's totally fine. And I must be somewhat public-ish, and you mentioned other students there, but because these reporters that wrote this story and did a great job with it, uh, Jody Cohen and Jennifer Smith-Richards of the ProPublica and the Tribune, respectively, they sat in hundreds of these things. Mm -hmm. So they are a public proceeding. They are a public proceeding. They're usually held at a certain date and time each week. So it could be Tuesdays at 1 or Thursdays at 10.30. So you can just go. Anyone can sit there and listen. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I know. It's time-consuming and sad sometimes. Well, right. And so then you come to the point that, all right, so you find this kid $250 for uh, a tussle in school, right? Shouldn't have done that. Got fined 250 This kid has no ability to pay this. The family is already behind on some other things. Up until this article was published, Illinois would allow governments from using a state program to collect debt from students that were ticketed for these certain things. But I don't know if you heard the update that just recently on May 13th, Illinois' top financial official has banned local governments from using this state program to collect debt from students. Now, I don't know that that bans them from going to private debt collectors or whatever the case may be, but that's Illinois saying you can't use our debt collection service. So I guess that there is some response to the article that has come out. 
I don't know if you'd heard that update yet. No, I hadn't. But um, from my experience, they use private debt collectors. Yeah. So the city is paying a fee right. for these agencies to collect the money. Right. So that doesn't mean it's going to go out completely. Right. Just Illinois, I guess they have some service that they have. They're not going to do it anymore. All right. Let's take a break. And then I want to chat more about general things that you're seeing, uh, why you're getting calls, and uh, how people can get some help from you. Okay, Audrey? Sounds great. Audrey Anderson at AndersonAA.com. More after this on WGN. This is Let's Get Legal. It's powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. A lot of great texts, and I want to get to a call on this one, maybe two as well. Hey, Jerry, how are you doing this afternoon, Jerry? Good, good. I'm, I'm going to use the word Jerry because I write often, um, and I'm going to – so I'm just going to pretend I'm someone who is um, – uh, weighing in on this, and yeah. uh, you know, I know a lot about the school system. Just don't swear if you're saying I'm going to use words. Just, just what's your general comment on this? Well, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm for ticketing, but uh, what I'm going to say is, you want, you want to qualify that. Oftentimes, when you ask the questions, uh, not you all, but particularly, you're, you're split between uh, pro or con. As the attorney knows, and as you know, uh, it's case by case. But just as a, as a whole. Uh, if people knew what happens in certain schools, not all schools, right. the level of violence, the level of chaos. Just recently, there was a major issue at one of the, the, the schools in Chicago, a high school. I don't want to give, you know, give right. the school's name. But uh, what, what people are seeing out here at Millennium Park, what they're seeing out on the streets when you're dealing with 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 18-year-olds, that is some of the same behavior that you are seeing in certain schools. The level of violence. A feeling that anything could happen at any moment. Without police being in those schools, principals, teachers, social workers, they can't handle all of that. Right. Schools are not institutions where it's supposed to be therapeutic. Right. You have to have some form of, 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 of some form of calmness, some form of of, of uh, civility for education to, to move forward. Yeah. But people are seeing what happens in these in certain areas of the city. Imagine what happens in certain schools. Yeah, Jerry, this is what's happening. So when they talk about ticketing, sometimes they're doing their best to bring calm right. to an environment that's just supposed to be calm because it's a school. You're right. But I don't want to belabor the point. I'm not for just throwing, you know, ticketing, ticketing like that. It's more complicated than that. One hundred percent. I but, think you're. I think you're charting. And we, uh, Audrey and I were talking about this during the break. This is a gray area, right, Jerry? Like. You can see it, right? I think that, you know, we need long-term solutions to kids' behavior. We do need better mm-hmm. access to parks and opportunities for kids. But that doesn't solve the problem, like, tonight, what's going to happen, right? But also the answer, isn't, the answer isn't also round up every kid you see on the street and throw them in a paddy wagon or whatever it is. That's not the answer either. And the problem is, is I feel like, you know, politicians make these decisions and everyone's in their own camp that we can't do to, that we are unable right now to do both things at once. And that's what we need to do. We need to address tonight, and then we need to address tomorrow and the next few years. And that takes a, a complicated response that we need, Jerry. I appreciate your insight on this, okay? Thanks, Al. Yeah, I appreciate that. Interesting points by, by Jerry there, Audrey. Right, yeah, and we were just talking about that. And so he's right. There's a lot that the school is just trying to do to maintain order, and perhaps this is something that is a wake-up call for parents to take this more seriously. Right. Because teachers are just taught to be teachers, not police officers or to dole out punishment. Their job is to educate students, not necessarily to 
break up fights and put their safety and the safety of their other students at risk. Right. I, I feel bad sharing this story, but my mother was a public school teacher uh, in the suburbs for many years. And I know there was a situation where she had to kind of step in or got brought in. I don't remember the exact details. She got thrown up against a locker by a student. And my mother's a, was a wonderful, like the nicest teacher there was. That's not her job. I'll tell you that much. I mean, she handled it with as much grace, Marcia, as you could have. But that's not her job. Um, let's get another caller on here, too. Wynn, you're on WGN. Wynn, how are you doing today? Yeah, good afternoon to you and your guests. What, uh, and your yeah. audience. Yeah, what's your uh, thoughts? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question that has kind of bugged me. Uh, as I listen to uh, um, your guest, who uh, I find very informative, and, and I'm, I'm not referring to today, but in, in the past, she has counseled, um, uh, you know, the audience how to deal when something happens in school, and instead of just giving a kind of a statement, you should hold, uh, you know, uh, hold back, uh, get an attorney, and then go uh, ahead. Or if, say, child protection services comes in. At, at some sudden hour, before kind of uh, letting them um, talk to a- anybody, you want to get your lawyer. And it, this is what uh, the salient point is. Who, you know, I don't have a lawyer on retainer. How does one go about getting this? Or how does one prepare for this? It's a great I question. Mean, oh, go ahead. You, you know, just calling a lawyer. I mean, somebody is in corporate law. I don't know. You, you know, so so how does one prepare the lay the groundwork so that for this eventuality and other kinds of eventualities where you do need a lawyer, um, um, how does one go about setting it up so that you do have this on, you know, on, on, on fast dial? Right. That's a great question. Audrey, what do you think? Mm-hmm. It is a good question. So there's a lot of things you can do. If you, if you see that your child is troubled, I suppose you can reach out to an attorney just to give you advice. So like in the initial stages, you're like, Maybe uh, maybe the police aren't at my door, but we're having some issues. I might want to be ready for this. Right. Like if you already know that your child is being bullied at school or is having issues with a teacher or behavioral issues, you can obviously always reach out to an attorney. But I suppose the question is, how do you even know where to find one? Mm-hmm. That might be a question as well. So you can always contact your local bar associations, Cook County or DuPage, or even the state, Illinois State Bar Association. We know their name on this show. Yeah, for sure. Uh So they have a referral. And so they have a list of all these attorneys that handles different areas of law. Or you can ask friends and family. So you don't necessarily have to hire the first attorney you speak with. You have to see if they seem like a good match for you and what you're looking for for your family. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure they're, you know, they cover your region, right? That's Correct. an important thing as well. Uh, you can't go everywhere, right? Right. Um, so I want to give you this win. Uh, ISBA.org. That's the Illinois State Bar Association's website. And there's a find a lawyer uh, button kind of on there. And that's a great place to start. And Audrey, I imagine, you know, you could take phone calls on this. And even if you maybe aren't, then that's not your area. You probably are able to refer to someone, either maybe at Anderson Attorney's Advisors or elsewhere too, right? Right. That happens a lot where we can refer them to a county bar association or perhaps I already know an attorney in that area of law, like employment. I don't do employment litigation, but I know with others that do. So I can forward that information or a divorce. You can choose to call them and talk to them and see if that's what you want to speak with them and hire them or not. Uh, when I talked to one uh, woman the other day, and she writes down every single lawyer phone number from this show, and she puts it on a note card and keeps it on her pur- in her purse. So that's an idea, too, there. When I, did, did we answer your question? Well, you did, indeed. But 
Um, you, you know, it's what, what uh, and, and you know, this is wonderful knowledge to have. But in that moment where somebody just drops on you, yeah. everything has to be dropped. And, um, uh, you know, reaching out to an attorney, that takes a little bit of groundwork. And so now I know what the groundwork involved is. Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, and I, we're up against the news one, and I appreciate your phone call. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Oh, 100%. Sure. It's a great point because I think that we all hear these things. And we don't commit them quite to memory. And when that moment, ha- I mean, Audrey, people are calling you sometimes on one of the worst days of their life, right? They are. And they just have to remember that. Try not to panic. Just take a moment. It doesn't, the officer doesn't need an answer then. You can take five minutes to pull yourself together and think through what the next step should be. Right. But I think women brings up a great point. Start planning for some eventualities. Write these numbers down. Excuse me, 630-877-5800. That's the number on the website, AndersonAA.com. That's for you, juvenile defense stuff, but your attorneys do a lot of different things too, right? Right. All right. That's one number, but ISBA.org is another great place. Yeah, lay that groundwork. Start having those ideas ready to go. Audrey, we're out of time. It went by fast as always. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks again for having me. I hope you have a good rest of the day. Yeah, I will. We'll talk again soon, okay? Thank you. Let's take a break. Then we'll get more on uh, Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association on WGN.